Hello and welcome to the Bangla Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan and thank you for making this the most listened to podcast about Bangladesh cricket in the world. In this episode, we're going to look back at Pakistan's tour of Bangladesh and joining me to go through it is model and one half of food blog Cuisine TV, Naeem. Naeem, it's so good to have you on the podcast finally because I know we chat about cricket all the time on Twitter. There's always exchanges. So to get you face to face on audio, on the record, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. You're right. We uh, we do have a good uh, a good old chat about um, our, our our very own Bangladesh cricket team. So um, I'm so happy to be here, and hopefully we can we can have a good uh, good discussion. Yeah, it's a sad time to be a Bangladesh fan, man. I wish I was getting you on off the back of you know something sort of his, sort of historic win or some sort of joyous moments. But I mean, it it, it feels like it's been going. If I'm honest, bad to worse. And we'll we'll deep dive into the kind of individual series in a moment but for me the worst thing at the moment is the fact that I can't watch Bangladesh cricket in the UK I mean it is back to like the early noughties at the moment because nobody broadcasts Bangladesh games in England honestly I, I think a few times on Twitter we've talked about whether we can find a, a decent stream you know like both of us are watching at the same time or, or we're trying to watch it we've got it on a laptop or, or something like that but literally the the difficulty of trying to find a Bangladesh game is it's quite painful. I've said this on the podcast before, and I'm going to say it again. British broadcasters, like, buy the rights to the Bangladesh Home Series. We know you can afford it. We know you've got the money. Like, we know how much the subscriptions are. Buy Bangladesh Home Series. Like, people are going to watch it, right? Games start at 4 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing else on. It's not like it's 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon. There's nothing else on at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's only... They're playing repeats of like golden years of I don't know like yeah, exactly exactly we don't need to watch like repeats of old Tottenham matches we just want to watch Bangladesh play and like Bangladesh fans should not have to rely on like ropey streams on dodgy websites with loads of pop-ups when I'm trying to watch with my dad it's not a good look right you can literally watch Australia New Zealand Afghanistan Zimbabwe home series in the UK but not Bangladesh man it's it's 2021 there's no excuse like buy Bangladesh home series Listen, if anyone's watching from from any of the broadcasting uh, companies, look, it's it's a worthy, worthy investment. I don't think you're going to have to part with much money, and uh, your your viewership will, will increase. You'll get you'll get sponsorship. Like like I don't I don't mind watching a cash and carry advert on Sky Sports. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They'll get they'll get sponsorship. It exists. The money's there. Didn't they do that during the World Cup? During the World Cup, well, not this not this one, but when it was in in England. Like it was Southall Travel or it was someone else. Yeah. They, they, I mean, obviously the World Cup is a World Cup, but you're going to get sponsorship from from everywhere and people willing to pay the money to to kind of have their name in uh, in between, you know, in between overs. And Bangladesh wickets tend to fall regularly, so you'll be on with an yeah. advert every now and then. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like you're going to yeah. two, two, two adverts a day. You'll get all 10 probably. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so let's, I mean, let's let's talk about the, the, the kind of the series then. So, um, Bangladesh started off with a three-match 2020 series against Pakistan. And I said before the series, it was too soon for, for a Bangladesh to play T20 again. Like, we had an awful World Cup, like a diabolical performance at World Cup. And it was like four days before, between the final and, and the Pakistan series. I mean, what do you make of it all and, and the state of Bangladesh's T20 cricket at the minute? I, I, I think quite strongly about Bangladeshi, um, Bangladeshi cricket, especially uh, if you look at the, the three formats. If we're talking about T20... The biggest problem that we have with Bangladeshi T20, well, there's twofold. In my view, there's twofold. The first problem is the fact that I don't think the majority of our players are quite made for that form of cricket because it's explosive, it's powerful, it's fast. We can put the pieces in, 
usually, Roshan, we know for T20 cricket, what do you need? You need gun batsmen up top. You need pace and maybe even a leggy. That, that's your ingredients for success. If you look at all yeah. the successful teams, they've got the gun batsmen up top. Maybe a fin- finisher as well. You've got your, your pace men, normally left arm, uh, left arm and, and a leggy. They're the ingredients. We've got some elements of that, but we just can't quite put all the pieces together. And we are so over-reliant on our historical players, like literally the golden generation of Bangladeshi cricket. And I feel like if any of them step out, like, for example, Tamim wasn't there for the T20s, right? For whatever yeah. reason, you know, I mean, I still don't understand why he took that stance of not being available for selection because everyone done so well in Bangladesh. Um, you go with your best team. Tamim weren't there. How good was our opening stand? Apart from Naim, who I, I felt was, was good. Our yeah. top order were so bad. So, so bad. And it sets the tone. It sets the tone for the rest. T20, uh, we've, got a lot, we've got a lot of catching up to do, especially for the likes of like Afghanistan and stuff, who have yeah. definitely, you know, are so far ahead of us. You know, even the a young Sri Lanka team who we, we felt like after their golden generation disappeared, yeah, you know, their young players are going to take a little bit of time to... Yeah, to, we, th- we thought Sri Lanka would be easy to beat given the form they had. Yeah, and, and actually that Sri Lanka, the Sri Lanka loss set the tone for the rest of the tournament. The rest of the tournament. It's... It's a difficult one. It's not a. It's not a pleasant one. I don't know how competitive we're going to be for T Twenty in 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 years to come. Here's the thing. I mean, we should have been ready because we, we, we. It's not like we just started playing T Twenty at the start of the year. We've been playing T Twenty. I mean, the first World Cup was 2007. The BPL's been around since what 2012. So you're talking best part of a decade of T Twenty cricket. I'm talking like big name players coming to Bangladesh, rubbing shoulders with our youngsters. There's no excuse. None of these problems are new. I think we've been a bit negligent towards the format. You know, we've just gone, I'll just play this, some of the players who we play in um, in the one-day team, pull a couple of players out of the BPL and hope for the best. Because, you know, the things that you've, you've listed there, we've had plenty of time. Like, there should have been like 14-year-old leg spinners who could have been playing in the team right now. I've seen hench Bengalis. Like, there's no reason we can't do the conditioning, the strength training and get, you know, a big birch Bengali who can lift a three-pound three, three pound bat. Why hasn't that happened? And those are the sort of questions that you have as a fan. But I don't know if they're going to ask the questions of the Bangladesh team because it just looked like they were playing with their kind of the shoulders down, their heads dropped, and they were just going through the motions. There was no pride, there was no motivation, there was no real kind of sense of we know what to fix. Because normally, sometimes you know, when we we you know, if we have a bad series against say New Zealand in New Zealand, we're like, oh, we need to get better at playing swing or bounce or whatever. I don't think there's any kind of real understanding of what went wrong, and therefore there's no understanding of what we need to do to sort it out. Honestly, I, I, I think you're right. I think we were there at the inauguration of T20 cricket. So, you know, for example, like one day we just kind of got our way back into it. with tests. We kind of, you know, like everyone's been playing for decades before we have. I get that. I get all of that. T20, we were there for the inauguration of T20 cricket. When it first arrived onto the cricketing scene, we were there. Other countries are prepared for it. There are elements to this where actually I feel like it goes against us. Um, you mentioned BPL. BPL, like maybe about seven, eight years ago, when mm. BPL was flourishing, Bangladesh T20 cricket, and even one day, so limited over cricket, we were flourishing because the players that were coming out were, like the Fizz, the Fizz came out. Listen, yeah. Dofra Archer made his name in BPL before he made his name anywhere Yeah, else. 100%. Yeah, he did, yeah. We had, and I'll say had passed in the infrastructure to really breed 
very good players. Naeem came from the BPO. He yeah, had a really yeah. BPO campaign. Um, and actually, I think he's the, one of the few highlights of the of the T uh, of the T Twenty World Cup. There's players that have come from that, or we've nurtured from that. But I think the stop-start nature, the politics behind it, the you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It it really affects us. And essentially, I think it, Bangladesh suffer from a heavy, heavy psychological mindset problem. If they come in uh, with the underdog mentality, they always, always relatively surprise, surprise a lot of teams. And that's one of the things that the international audience of cricket like about Bangladesh is literally that whole kind of Tigers. Yeah, when, element, when our know, backs are against the wall, the Tigers yeah, roar, don't yeah, they? Yeah, always exactly. happens. This is what Bangladesh in recent times have been, been known for. But now we've got to a stage where actually there's a level of expectation on a country where cricket is like in their blood. And actually every corner of the country you go, people are, you know, whether it's with a wooden stick or whatever, they're playing cricket. There needs to be some element of development in that in that area. And the BPL helped with that. But I feel like when we went to the World Cup and it was really disappointing because we went off the back of like, Historic results, right? Albeit, yeah. albeit slightly kind of masked by the fact that the teams that we played by name were there, but maybe presence-wise, there are a few players missing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's well-trodden ground, isn't it? Low-turning pitches, short-term wins, getting us up the rankings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think now no one looks back at those Australian, New Zealand series and and and, and thinks they benefited our World Cup campaign at all, really. If anything, it may have, it may have, and I and I put it out there because it's good to win, no doubt, but it may have hindered our chance because we went into the qualifiers, right? Actually, the funniest element is we went into the qualifiers as the sixth rank or maybe the fifth rank best um, T20 team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were the highest ranked T20 team. We were ranked higher than Australia. We were ranked higher than all of these other countries yeah. for, for whatever reason, right? Maybe it was like stat padding, I don't know. But we went in and I lost to Scotland or their arrogance... I would say in being in that qualifiers because mm. of maybe our wins against the you know like your your Indians your 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 Australians I think that really hurt us and then when we went into the the World Cup good and proper I felt like reality kind of did strike especially that loss to like Sri Lanka that loss to Sri Lanka was a team that we could pr potentially propel us and the manner of the loss in a a couple times that happened the manner of the loss in a winning mm. position almost just gave it away you know. Almost yeah, you're right, 100%. And it's become quite damaging to Bangladesh. I mean, Shakib and Fears, the two players who, for me, a great source of pride, the fact they play in the IPL every year, released by their teams, are they going to get picked up? Most people don't follow Bangladesh cricket like you and me do. So when Bangladesh go to a World Cup, that's their PR for the next year. And when Bangladesh perform poorly, it, it has a knock-on effect. It has a knock-on effect of who's buying Bangladesh who plays in the franchises. It has an effect on how much people want to tour us or how many games they want to play, etc. And so for me, I, more than the results, more than the disappointment, which are all hurtful, the knock-on effect of Bangladesh cricket is going to be, I think, substantial. And then they've gone into a series against Pakistan where it's just continued. And so if anyone's going, oh, maybe the World Cup was a blip. No, it's, it's carried on. And yeah, sure, yeah. The, the, the board, you know, sort of jazzed up the squad. They rested Mushfiq. They brought in a couple of new players and stuff like that. But I think maybe, I wonder whether, and I don't know whether, whether you'll agree with this, I wonder whether Bangladesh thought, oh, this home series, we're going to, you know, home advantage, we're going to bounce back, not quite clocking that Pakistan are a really good side who are more used to South Asian conditions than Australia and New Zealand were going to be. 
and they pretty much set the full full strength team. And if I'm honest, you know, they won all three matches. Some of them were close. You know, they went to the 19th over last one, yeah. etc. Yeah. But that for me, that was Pakistan making it harder for themselves rather than actually finding the task difficult. I don't know what what your feelings on that were, but I think Bangladesh maybe got caught off guard and suddenly their home advantage wasn't as much of an advantage as, as they'd hoped. I agree with you 100%. I felt like it was a case of, like, they had a stellar World Cup. Pakistan had a stellar, stellar, stellar World Cup. Um, yeah, for sure. I, and honestly, they were my pick to win the World Cup, only because, look at the trajectory between this cricket, right? So their PSL has been an overwhelming success. Look at who has picked up from the PSL and playing mm. in the T20 World Cup squad. They're youngsters. There's youngsters in there that are hot and cold, all right? There's youngsters in there that are hot and cold. But look who Baba Azam brought in. He brought in the old-timers there to really gather and galvanise this team. And, of course, their, their team is very, very strong. They came to Bangladesh with almost the same team that did so well. Yeah, I think same. all bar one. All bar one. All bar one, exactly. And so that should have set the tone for, for Bangladesh. No, look, they're here to say, I, I think you're completely right. I think the, the series came way too early. I think there should have been time to reflect, chill out, debrief, find out, you know, who needs to go here, who needs to go there, who needs to have, you know, some time off. I know they gave they gave some of the senior senior Bangladeshi chaps some, some time off, but we needed a little bit more of a window. And um, I think, if anything, the series is probably done worse for Bangladesh cricket than, than it has well, this is it. We don't, we don't play T20 now for a while. We've got a World Cup next year. And what will almost definitely happen is they'll then turn focus to, we played a you know, test series against Pakistan, which we'll chat about in a moment. We're now off to New Zealand and the T20 stuff will get forgotten. You know, Marmadul yeah. is not with a test team. It'll be all about the test squad. It'll be Momenal Hux will be leading and then we'll forget about it. And then we'll come to like two months before next year's World Cup and then go, oh yeah, remember that format that we, you know, hang on, what should we do now? There's no long-term planning. You know, there's they, 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 the BCB did a two-man inquiry the report hasn't even been submitted yet, but um, Papon's already been in press conferences saying, I don't think this is going to come out for it. I might have to do my own. So it doesn't look like there's there's a solution. Let's talk about the Test Series then. So Bangladesh returning to, to Test matches after quite a long time. I think I think Zimbabwe, that one of the Test matches in Zimbabwe was the last game. So, you know, I I said before, I felt sorry for Momenul Huck. He is taking, he's a captain of the side. I don't know what he does for the rest of the year. But he's picking up a team who are basically like all just one all downbeat. Their their heads are dropped, and he's he's going to get all right, guys. Come on, remember remember how to play five day cricket, which I think is an incredibly tough job, and I think he has the toughest job in any of Bangladesh cricket. And it started off well when we put on three hundred plus in that first innings in the first test when Litton, you know, returned to form with his I think it was his first century in, in Test match cricket. I was like, right, this is all right. This is Bangladesh are doing well, and then we bowled them out for two eight six. Tigel took that brilliant seven wickets, you know, it all felt like it was going well. But then since then, it's just been entirely the opposite direction. It's been collapses. It's been, it's been what I refer to as old Bangladesh. Yeah. And again, just so damaging for Bangladesh. I mean, I, I don't know where Bangladesh test cricket is at the moment, man. Like I don't, I find it hard to talk about it because I don't, you, when you talk about say England, you base it on a run of form or a series of, uh, of results and stuff. But to talk about Bangladesh's test status, how how do I base it on two matches every six months? Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's impossible to know where they are. Listen, we talked about T20, and T20 is one of the, the the formats that I feel like if we can get the pieces together, we can be decent. You know, we've got two, three, 
you know, four players playing in um, international franchise cricket um, mm. across the world. You know, we've got, you know, Shakib and the Fizz playing in IPL. We've got, you know, Tamim, when he does, he plays in the PSL, like Mohamed Dillard, Mushfiq, they go to the PSL. So it's also got- a shorter format, isn't it? You know, your, 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 your room yeah. for error is, is less, isn't it? But when you're expanding that to potentially 450 overs over five days, there's less room to hide. It's exactly that. And so I feel like with that side of things, maybe we'll find a solution. We will find something because essentially limited overs cricket is what we're made of. Test cricket, I've been the biggest Debbie Downer with the Bangladeshi Test team or even the format itself. I, I still feel like it's such a new format for us in terms of on the international stage. You know, we get our wins against Zimbabwe and li- literally that that's it. We Against the bigger teams, if we if we get anything like draws, very rarely do we win. But if we get like draws, it's always against like a, you know, half-hearted. I think we we got a draw against Pakistan and India once at home home soul like maybe mm. three or four years ago. I think we drew um, against, did we draw against Sri Lanka earlier this year as well. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's that's the one thing to take away from the whole year. Literally draw. We, we can't talk about wins. We, yeah. Even winning days, we, we're talking about draws, and it's normally against half-hearted. I think this is the format where honestly. It's a mentality thing. I think if we look at, for example, India, we can look at England, we look at everyone like that. The pride and joy of playing for the test team, especially for like the historic teams, like your Australia, your England, your Indias and stuff like that. The, the pride and joy of playing for the test, getting test cap is probably the epitome of your, of your, of your yeah. team. Nowadays, the newer school, and we've got quite a young, young test team, actually, because I feel like a lot of the, the old guard would rather play in your T20, get make your bucks and and, well, and go. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about this in a moment. I, I have a theory about some of our senior players, but I will come to it in a moment. But it, it's it's basically that that case where, all right, you're, you're completely right. Mom will say, all right, team select, the, 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 the selectors are like, all right, we're going to pick this person because these guys did well in the you know first class cricket. Yeah, we'll pick these guys. They made a couple hundreds. They made, yeah, this will work. And then you've got the, and I, and I call them the forgotten men because they had like in, in the one day teams or the T20 teams. And because they were hot and cold and obviously the emergence of like a Fizz or a Saifuddin or, so, you know, some of the pace bowlers, they get a shout. So it's like an inauguration of all of those put together. And then we're like, all right, guys, go play for five days. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. It's such a gear shift, isn't it? Um, I have a theory about some of our senior players. I don't know what's going on. And I've got no evidence of this. This is nothing more than fan speculation. I think some of our senior players want to retire for some of the formats, but for some reason they are, I don't know, either Shoram to do it maybe, or they feel like they can't do it, or they feel that there's an obligation. I don't think Tommy wants to play T20 cricket. I think Shakib doesn't want to play test cricket. He hasn't played a lot of test cricket for us, obviously through injuries, through resting stuff. He's dropped out of the New Zealand series. You know, he was the best performer in, in that second test. I mean, out of, you know, I think that 87 all out, he scored... I think just under half, maybe 30 odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he, he knows he's a critical player, but he's obviously chosen to take leave of absence and that's been signed off. I think there are players who want to hand in the retirement, but for whatever reason, aren't doing it because of either fan backlash or the fact that there's no replacement for them or because of the perception that, oh, you know, you've got to come across like you want to play test cricket. But I think, I think our senior players now want to start to reduce their workloads increase their career length and, and focus on like fitness and their format that they want to, you know, I don't have a problem with say if Tamim was to retire from T20 cricket and go like, I'm just going to focus on captain in the one day side. 
I didn't have a problem with Shaki because actually five days a lot is a lot for me. I get bold quite a lot. I bat a lot. I want to focus on one day and T20. But that doesn't seem to be happening. And I don't know if that's a kind of respecting the elders type situation. You know, we talk about Tamim dropping out of the T20 World Cup squad. If Tamim had been there, he would have to open, even if he hasn't played for the last year. And it is Easy. that kind of respecting respecting your elder type situation, which I think has maybe created a little bit of a situation where even if the elders aren't in form, they have to play. We had that with, with Mushrik during the whole World Cup because he wasn't in form apart from that one match. And it wasn't a surprise that he was dropped or arrested or whatever from, from the, because he, he he's not been the informed player. And so I wonder whether we've got a kind of cultural situation now where we've got these elder statesmen, the kind of respected, experienced senior players who don't really know what to do, but whether, should I retire? Should I carry on playing? Should I do what? And that's maybe creating a bit of a vacuum because you can't then just drop them because they're still there. And I, I mean, that's, I've got no evidence for this, but it's just a kind of feeling, a gist that I kind of get maybe is what's going on in the camp at the moment. That's a, that's a very interesting take because I, I feel somewhat similar. I feel somewhat similar. I, I, I take the view of, like, especially with Shakib, I think, you know, him playing for five days, he, you know, he's the greatest player to, to ever put Yeah, ever come out of Bangladesh, 100%, yeah. And, and he's, he's top five best all-rounders of all time. Yeah, of all time. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah in my view, of all time. And I don't think many will, will question that. I think he wants to, he wants longevity in his career. And I think he gets, he's the only player that gets called for every single franchise. So I think you, you, you're you on to something there. Didn't Mohamedullah just retire from Test cricket? I mean, that's another story. He's the only one who, who has fully retired. And actually that was because if I'm honest, Bangladesh weren't choosing him for Test cricket for ages. So he went, okay, cool, call me up. I'll yeah, score 150, yeah. score my highest ever Test, and then I'm going to retire and make a point. And that, and that I mean, that's another whole kettle of fish. I can do a separate podcast on Bangladesh's yeah. categorization of players in formats because... Yeah, I mean, I could get into why Tidal Islam should play more one-day cricket or whatever. Generally, yeah. like, I did a Twitter space uh, before the series started and someone asked, well, why does Tidal Islam not play much? And I was like, well, he only plays test cricket because they've labelled him a test cricketer and Bangladesh only play like four test matches a year at home. So man, my man gets like four games a year. But if he we can spin wickets, it. put him in the one-day team. We need wicket-taking, like, from slow, but like, he's, he's essentially a leggy. We need leggies for limited over cricket. The thing is, we... Shakib has made us spoil because he's a left-arm, unorthodox, slow spinner, right? So yeah. essentially, essentially, he, he turns the ball the other way, essentially. So we think, oh, yeah, that's, the, that's what's going to work. So let's keep going. We need specialists. And I don't understand. And this is why I talk about the forgotten men. Think about it. Like, Taskin only got himself back in. And I know he went through a, a little bit of a difficult patch with his, like, uh, with his uh, action and various other yeah. people. But he only just got back back into like the limited over setup, and that's from playing pretty much every test game before that. So like these forgotten men, you know, it doesn't matter if they perform well, if they don't perform well, and it's just a difficult one. And and you're right, the Mohammedullah one is so funny because arguably he's our guy that, for example, if he comes late down the order, I'm thinking at least we've got one more batsman left in any format. In any format, I think. Oh, at least we've got one more competent batsman left. Yeah, last and line of defence, isn't it? Yeah. Last line of defence. You know, he, he in a T20, he's a finisher. In a, in a, in a test game, all right, he might, may not come further up in the, in the order, but he could be like, he was basically the Moin Ali of Bangladesh, coming in number seven, but can still give you 100. 100. Yeah, yeah, 100%. For me, that was, that was who I compared him to, because like, he can bowl a bit. But you're right. If we go back to the original point, I think... 
the whole idea of the, the elder statesmen thinking about their futures, they've been around forever, literally forever since 16, 17, 18, you know, like they've been in the setup for a long time. I think it's got to a stage where, all right, well, we want to play, we want to, we want longevity. I think, I think you're onto something. And I wouldn't be surprised I, I, next year is the year where we see these announcements. But I also feel like they can't retire because they're like, what state are we going to leave Bangladesh cricket in? Because, yeah, we have like the kind of youngsters, your Naeems, your Afifs. These are these are new guys to the setup. But the players in the middle are not taking on the, the, the responsibility. Your Shumos, your Littles. We can't yet have a team where they are the senior players yet, can we? Because they're not necessarily performing themselves. And it creates a bit of, there's a hole in the middle, basically. So here's this. I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit. And by the way, like I'm, I'm a I'm a Litton fan. He was poor in the World Cup, probably the worst player for Bangladesh in the T20 World Cup. I'm a Litton fan. But do you think that sometimes you just have to take the plunge? It's very scary, but sometimes you just have to take the plunge. How do we know how these guys are gonna like? For example, if you take like some of the older statesmen out of the team, you know that they're gonna come back after a while. But if you know at the back of your mind, no, they're not coming back. There may be like series that they, it takes time for them to maybe grasp that responsibility, but sooner or later they're going to have to find it. I, I, I'm not saying partially. Oh, I don't know. I partially, I, I sort of partially agree and partially disagree because if you think of a football team, you have your experienced players, you have your youth players, but you also have a kind of continual conveyor belt of players in between. Okay. There shouldn't be like a vacuum okay. in the middle. Like squad players, like middle ground squad players. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. You should you shouldn't have this big. You shouldn't have your senior players, nothing in the middle, and then your young players. Because if we have a team which suddenly the senior players are all retired, which let's be honest, like we don't we're, like even if they prolong their careers, we're talking two, three more years. Like yeah, Ramadan's yeah, thirty five, right. right? Do you know what I mean? Like two, three more years. Then how long is it going to take for Bangladesh to come back to that level again? Ask that could be a long, long wait. And we had a long wait. Let's be honest. In the noughties, there were hard times with Bangladesh cricket fans. It was only like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. We should have, we look, the board have the money. The board have the setup. We've got actually quite good under-19 team. We've got quite a good high-performance squad. We've got good, you know, good coaches. I always see like Richard Stonia, who works with the under-19s and fitness and stuff like that. They all look in good shape. The under-19s, they've just beaten India. They've won a World Cup. What's wrong with that gap? What's going on there? Why are those under-19 players not turning into quality first-team players? And, okay, I'm being harsh. Some of them are, you know, Naeem, Shamim, Afif. They all come to the under 19 but that's only in the last sort of 12 months. In the five years previous to that, why have we relied so heavily on these big name players and not really thought about the future so much? I think, I think you're right. But I also think there's the, the elements of that. I know we keep going back to this format, but I think it, if we talk about T20, this is like the maybe the premier format currently, I think. You know, historic is test. Or but I think a lot of things are based around T20. So for example, our guys won the T20 World Cup, right? They had a yeah. stint in the BPL, okay? The 1920 BPL, I was actually at one of the games and stuff. It was okay. It was good. And then there was a gap because of COVID, etc. But think about where the runners-up for India, think about where their guys ended up going into. They ended up going to that IPL. Yeah. And so you got you got people like Garg who played for Sunrisers. You got people like Bishnoi who was a revelation in T20, the recognition that they get. Our guys did well. Our guys did well. But the problem that our guys have is that whole, like, for example, in India, they can have five teams in the top 10 if they were to mm. put out five teams. That's the plethora of talent that they have. Obviously, bigger space, more infrastructure. Yeah. But for us, I think we're a little bit shy to put some of these guys in. They need exposure. They need exposure. 
or sometimes we do the complete opposite. They're ready now. Throw them all in in the deep end. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think some of the hesitation of pushing some young players through was because of what we did in the kind of noughties and early tens. Like, you know, your Ashrafors, your Alec Kapalis, your Aftabamas were players yeah. who were pushed through quite quickly and probably never reached their potential because I don't think we knew how to manage young talent. I think we've almost reacted to that, gone fully the other way and gone, hang on, wait, 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 let's make sure they're ready, let's make sure they're ready. And that's maybe slowed down the, the process a little bit. So it's quite it's quite reactionary and, you know, there is no right right answer. But, you know, I've spoken to like people who are, who've been coaches in Bangladesh and stuff and they start training players from the age of 14, 15. You know, there's a lot of lot of talent there, but it's just not come through. And it's not, we've, I think we've possibly relied on our big five for a very long time and not really thought about the future potentially. We've taken our, our eye off the ball. Um, talking about the future, so Bangladesh's next assignment is New Zealand. And I'm going to say, this is the most cruelest scheduling. I don't know who booked the flights, man, but the day after the Pakistan lost, straight on a plane to New Zealand. Oh, that's, that's harsh. And to be honest, as well, it's a little bit, it's a bit of a sentimental one as well. You know, we've got like, we've we've got some booked in at Christchurch and we know what happened there. Like, I feel like New Zealand is going to be a tough one on on, on their soil. We're not ready for that. I, I, we're not ready for, for faster pitch, harder pitch, and also the fact that it's in New Zealand. But again, this, this is the thing. I say we were in New Zealand 12 months ago and, you know, I remember staying up all night and watching us get beaten by pace and bounce. And we, we were all sat there going, oh, Bangladesh, we, we don't know how to play pace and bounce. You've had 12 wow. months. Have you, have you prepared for it? The real, we haven't. We forgot. We came back, got next series and forgot. So nothing good is going to come of this series. It's going to be a complete whitewash, isn't it? And I, I hate saying that because I always want to be optimistic as a Bangladesh fan. We're without Shakib. We're, you know, playing on kind of like pitches that we find hard at the best of times, but we've had 12 months. We knew what, the, what we were going to face. What have we done to prepare for it? Nothing. You're right. I just think we're just so ill-prepared. Like, so, like we, like for the 12 months, we should go somewhere, you know, go somewhere, like tra- do your training in, in New Zealand, you know, rather create, than... Create, the, you've got money, create the atmosphere. You, you do something if you're, if you're, if, because otherwise all of these series, we're never going to win anything there. Never. Because we can't play pace and bounce, and that's what, what that's what teams in like international tournaments do to us. They they give us pace and bounce, and and we fold. Hundred percent, and we we need to you know win away for people to take us seriously. But yeah, it just like it annoys me that twelve months ago we were in New Zealand, we found out what the problems were, and I don't I don't think we've got a solution yet. And we're we're back on a plane there to play a couple of test matches, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a very tough series in Bangladesh. Honestly, I'm not looking forward to it one bit. Well, at Naeem, it's going to be a sleepless nights as we watch uh, Bangladesh trying to, trying to face New Zealand. Um, but thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. It's been really, really good chatting to you. And I'm so pleased to finally get you on, man. Listen, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, I, always like, uh, I always like talking about our Bangladesh cricket team and, and, and being able to do it here on the podcast uh, was, was good. Uh, we'll do it next time as well. No yeah, doubt. definitely, definitely. We need to get you back on, man. Maybe in happier times. Yeah. <laughs> give it give it a few series, I think. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the Bungler Cricket Podcast. If ever, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us podcast at bunglercricket.co.uk and we'll see you for the next one very soon.